Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Everything You Need to Know About Foster Adopt, But We're Afraid to Ask podcast. This episode, I discuss the thorny issue of contact. In a straightforward adoption, adoptive parents are sometimes encouraged to meet the birth parents prior to your child moving in with you. But all contact and final goodbye contacts will have previously happened before you are matched with your child. The difference with foster to adopt is that you are required to take your child to contact sessions with the birth parents. So let's start at the beginning. Where a child is under a child protection plan, which can either be a born or unborn child, a variety of agencies will be working towards supporting the birth parents. This will range from alcohol or drug rehab, welfare and housing advice, parenting classes and even healthy lifestyle or cookery classes. The aim is to keep the family together where possible and provide a safe environment for the child to grow up in. For a multitude of reasons, this intervention sometimes doesn't work. Birth parents may ignore advice or just not have the capacity to change. Where this happens, social services will look to obtain a care order to take the child into foster care. Once a CO is granted, the local authority is given parental responsibility alongside the birth parents, with final decisions made by the local authority. At this stage, if a child is identified as suitable for FTA, you, as the approved adopter, will come into the system. I personally was given two weeks notice, but often it can be a shorter period of time. So a sympathetic employer is needed, as you may need to leave work at the drop of a hat. In the first stage of FTA, you are very much treated like any other foster carer. You're given a weekly allowance, which is paid fortnightly, and there are a number of other slightly jarring situations to deal with. Whilst FTA has been around for a while, there is very little FTA-only guidance and rules. There's the existing fostering system and the existing adoption system, and to get to FTA, they have simply jammed them together. An example of this is the forms you have to sign. They state that you cannot call yourself mummy or daddy. And this is actually very hard to hear after you've spent a significant amount of time jumping through hoops, doing multiple trainings, doing approval panels, in order that you can get to the stage where somebody can call you mummy or daddy. My personal opinion on this, which is by no means any official position, is that you have, if you have a child that cannot talk yet, I don't really see the harm in using these titles. They're a way of bonding. They're a way of going into the future. They're a way of making sure that you feel like you are now the new family. But I can see it being extremely hard for an old child who can talk. It could be very confusing for them. So I recommend working closely with the social worker on this. How have they explained this to the child? You don't want additional issues later down the line in terms of bonding or confusion for that child once you're in the adoption phase of FTA. A key part of the CO is that it is agreed how often and for how long the child should have contact with the birth parents every week. This can be difficult for all involved. Birth parents will feel loss and maybe anger. They may also feel that the mandated sessions are just not enough time. As you have foster parent status, you have zero influence on contact unless the child is ill. 
you must be prepared to take them as and when required. I knew in my head that contact was required when I brought Kiki home, but the reality of actually doing it was a very different feeling. I made sure that I had someone else with me whilst contact was taking place to distract me. You do feel very powerless at this stage. I've had a question in um, from a listener called Jenny and she asked about where contact actually takes place and if you see the birth parents. Generally, contact centres are used. These are secure places where birth parents are supervised. They're not left alone with the child. They arrive at the centre and then you arrive with the child or alternatively, you arrange a handover with a social worker at a neutral venue and therefore you don't even go anywhere near the contact centre. The location of the contact centre is supposed to be convenient for the child. Social services don't want a child to be travelling a long distance for contact, particularly if there is a risk that the birth parents won't show. You may also be required to provide information to the birth parents. A notebook can be set up where the birth parents write questions and then you provide written answers which are given to them at the next contact. Don't forget, you are the foster parent at this stage. The birth parents may not even realise that you are the prospective adopter. Contact can be reduced if birth parents don't show, but you will need to be prepared to go for each scheduled session as and when required. Contact continues until the placement order is granted and should be finished by the time the adoption matching panel takes place. There will be future episodes on placement orders and matching panels to come. My experience was that ultimately Kiki's birth parents stopped coming to contact. They initially found it too hard and constantly argued with social services about their fitness to be parents. Then they disappeared off the radar. But for several weeks, I had to keep the contact times free just in case. Having it hanging over you is actually quite hard. I hope you're finding these discussions helpful. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, please email me on everythingfta at gmail.com. Until next time, everyone.